0: You're not the boss of me now, and you're not so big. Welcome to Life is Unfair, the Malcolm in the Middle podcast, where we're covering every episode in order, one by one. Today, we're covering Carnival, which came out May 6, 2001, was directed by Ken Quapis and written by Alex Reed. Hi, I'm Jake, and Gorak gave me one of
1: his babies. And I'm David. Keep pushing me, dumbass.
0: <laughs> well, before we get to this week's episode... Uh, We need to look back a couple weeks. Uh, We have some poll results. We also, uh, for our community
1: segment this time, have our buddy Eric with us. Hello. That's right, Eric from File Under Entertainment, who will be joining us for next week's episode. Yes. A little because of recording means he's here. For this community segment, correct. Uh, which I am very
0: glad that you're here for this particular oh, one, no. though, and we'll get to why in the emails. <laughs> uh, but for poll results on Twitter, looking back at Malcolm versus Reese for shittiest kid for that episode, uh, we both agreed that Francis was the shittiest because he uh, instigated the you know fight between Reese and Malcolm, and then also lied to his date. He's a real monster. And the internet overall agreed with us. Francis got 82% of the vote, with Reese and Dewey, each earning a a single vote. Dewey? Come on, Josh. (laughs) Then, for least shitty kid for that same episode, uh, we both chose uh, Dewey as the least shitty kid. uh, Because he played only a small role in destroying Craig's life. I mean, a smaller role than uh, Lois. True. (laughs) True. And the internet unanimously agreed with us on that one. 100% of the vote was for Dewey.
1: Even Josh gets one right once in a (laughs) while.
0: He probably just abstained.
1: Yeah, that that may be.
0: Then we also have an email. Don't look so worried, David. This one's called, David is the worst man in the world. (laughs) No. Uh I see. Uh, No, uh, we got an email from Phil titled, Flora mage okay which relates directly to the uh book that eric sent us we talked about the uh Krellboyne that's in it that none of us could figure out who they are yep uh they are actually a recurring character in the show and they do uh drop their name once uh it's in krelboy picnic she's one of the acts uh she gets out her whole act is a like three whiteboard long math equation oh yeah yeah, uh, that, that is where Flora comes from, and Caroline does uh, introduce her, and, and that's where we get her name and, like, her math obsession and everything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like they talk about in the book that Eric sent us. So we, we have a mystery solved on who this other Krellboyne is. Look at that. I like it. Uh, so... Thank you very much for uh, sending us that, Phil. He went went into great detail about how wrong we both were, as our emails often do. On which
1: part? (laughs) Just Uh, about the Krellboy?
0: Oh, yeah, because we we both, like, directly said that this wasn't a, like, character that appears anywhere in the show. And Uh. we're very confident in that and, like, posited our theories as to why this weird Krelboin appears in the book that's never in the show.
1: I was very confident that she wasn't in the show. As was I. I remembered a racer head.
0: <laughs> well, I think I got you guys started down that uh, slippery slope saying that WTF, they bring put this girl in the book that she's not even in the show. So That is true. That you was can, in the email that he can, sent
1: us. You can pin the blame on me. That's fine. Oh, no, no, no. The blame here lies on Jacob. It
0: lies on all three of us. Fair. That's why I'm glad Eric is here to, you know, bask in the uh, shame.
1: I see. <laughs> yeah. I see.
0: Shame. <laughs> Shame. (laughs) But that is it for our community segment. Let's go
1: to the episode proper. Well, before we do that, I just want (laughs) to... Wow, Jake, that was what a... You're on Thin Ice Counselor. Wow. (laughs) Look, I can do that, all right? Also, I even interrupted the way you do your little thing, your transition into this. I was just going to once again give a shout out to our friends over at File Under Entertainment, who we recently appeared on an episode with for their M episode. Eric is here now recording with us. And so make sure you guys go check them out. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Uh, Maybe, you know, go check out their Twitter and maybe vote for uh, Mean Girls in their poll. (laughs) No, don't vote. No, no, no. I can't believe that is the, no. You have enough bots voting for you. (laughs) Fucking, you're stupid bots. Mean Girls is awful. It's almost as bad as Memento. Oh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least Moulin Rouge has gotten 0% of the vote so far, so I think we're we're all, we're all appreciative. Does Dylan not vote in the <laughs> no. poll
1: or something? Okay. Good want, for him. I appreciate his artistic integrity. He wants as
0: little interaction with his own show as possible, clearly, from his lack of editing anything. So that's Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, do go check out File Under Entertainment. It's a very good show. And with that... Let's go to this week's episode. First things first, actually, to uh, directly address the line that you said. Is, uh, th- there's actually some clarification on an argument we had in a previous episode.
1: In the, w- the Are you talking about where Stevie call, kept saying asshole? Yes. Okay. Because
0: we were both half right. Okay. And I think we both got there because of the same bad assumption. Fair. Because What was it? Uh, so the the deleted scene that we were arguing over was uh Stevie uh saying the word asshole. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, specifically in the scene. It is actually a deleted scene from this episode. Oh, uh, and he's saying it to uh, the argument was I was saying uh, he, he was calling Reese that. Right. And, and it must be from the dinner episode, because that's the only time Stevie and Reese were together. You were insisting. No, he's saying it to Malcolm. And you your argument was they're outside. So it has to be uh, the, the episode where Malcolm and Stevie go to the arcade. Right. Which uh, you, you were correct. It is outside. Yeah. And I was correct,
1: he's saying it to Reese. Right. See, I, I I had the background. Yes. You had the foreground. Yes. Together, we're one successful person. But
0: but I assume we were both just assuming that it was, you know, from an episode that had already occurred. Correct. Not not from one that was coming later in the season, I think, what led to us both uh, being wrong.
1: Well, yeah, I, I definitely had no clue this you know, episode existed for one and for two, it's not normal for them to show deleted scenes from an episode that you haven't seen yet. Yes, it is kind of weird. Yeah, that's cool though. (laughs) Yes. All right. Also makes this episode even funnier. Uh,
0: But going to the actual episode, it of course begins with a cold open, which is a prank the boys pull on Hal. They change the time and alarm on his alarm clock (laughs) so that when it goes off, Hal like... You know, leans over and turns the alarm off, then seeing what time it says, immediately starts to panic, assuming he's late for work. So he rushes through his morning routine, uh, which includes in the shower, he's trying to brush his teeth and shave all at the same time.
1: So he ends up shaving his teeth and brushing his neck? Yes. Yeah, it's pretty great.
0: Then, uh, he, you know, runs out to the kitchen and spills coffee all over himself and is rushed to pour it. Uh, and very quickly, like, grabs a handful of cereal as his breakfast as he rushes out the door, looking very frantic. And, uh, Malcolm turns to camera and says, you know, they have to find some way to entertain themselves
1: when TV privileges have been taken away. This is a trade-up. What a monster. Hal went through hell. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. But still. Proof that Malcolm is a monster. A, a great man once said, if it's funny, is it really evil? Didn't you say that? No. Oh, okay. Well, yes. <laughs> okay. But, but it, it's an
0: Andrew Pan quote.
1: Oh, yeah, fair. At this point, I am having trouble accrediting things he's said unless it's been in, like, recent episodes and things you've said. You guys are frighteningly close to the same person. I ain't removed the frighteningly, I agree. No, no, I'm terrified. Because you live with me. Andrew does not. Yeah. oh god that would be awful no <laughs> i don't want my house set on fire we're, we're gonna switch places
0: no no <laughs> but getting into the uh episode proper uh this is another two plot line episode we have an a plot and a b plot and we kind of have to start with the a plot yeah. Because the B-plot is very dependent on what happens in it.
1: Yeah, and it's barely a B-plot, I would argue, even. Like, I, I, it is a B-plot, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you're wrong. But, like, they're so closely connected, I struggled on whether or not to decide on calling it two separate plot lines.
0: Yeah, that, that's fair. I considered covering it all as one, but I think it does make sense to cover them separately. Yeah, barely. Uh, But the A-plot begins with Hal at the kitchen table with the toaster completely pulled apart. And he says that he's discovered why the toaster smells funny and what's happened to Dewey's goldfish. Gross. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Poor fish. Then as he's doing this, he's wearing like a ratty t-shirt that has had the sleeves cut off. (laughs) And Lois wants him to put on a better shirt because Stevie's there to visit. And when Hal says, why? (laughs) She she likes when Stevie's around. He's a good influence on the boys. He even has them reading the newspaper. Yeah. And we see the reason they're huddled around the newspaper is that they're all staring at an ad for bras. (laughs) Well, it's
1: not just bras. It's like all female undergarments. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it, it mostly looks like an advertisement for bras. Well, that's like
1: the top part yeah. of the ad. I, it's it's a stereotypical like JCPenney or Sears underwear ad. Yeah, yeah. Which I never got. Like I was I I was a horny kid. I I was a dumbass teenager. Like I did dumb shit because ooh boobs. But I never was like. Ooh, the Sears catalog, issue number two, page 39. Like, that... <laughs> what? Why? No! They weren't attractive? Like, not that they weren't attractive women, just like that... Ah, I don't know, I, I just... I could never find models in catalogs attractive, at all, ever. I was a weird kid, sure, whatever, I don't care. Say what you want, never could... N- nope. Okay. <laughs> Apparently David has very high standards. The weird part of it to me
0: is that they're all, like huddled around together. that That's the part that to me seems
1: weird. That, so I get that. I also have that. I don't understand like the whole like, I, I think I mentioned it. I have mentioned yeah, it. We, yeah, we, we've We're, talked about
0: it before yeah. with uh, Francis and
1: Richie watching porn together. It's super weird. I yeah. also have friends that have just generally actually had sex with other people in the room and not like as part of like part of it. As far as you know. No, no. I, I know She's... the story. It's but it's just mind-boggling like I get that there are people who like voyeurism and all that stuff and cuckolds and and if that's your kink okay whatever but to just not care enough that you watch porn or something like that with other people like huddled next to you and touching you that you're not engaged in that act with that would be fucking weird now I agree it's like porno movie theaters why
0: fair enough But when they do finally turn the page on the newspaper, they see that the carnival is in town. The Tri-County Carnival. I remember when
1: carnivals actually came to town. I only ever remember, like, the fair. Oh, carnivals used to come here all the time. You've been to a carnival here. You may not remember it, but the first time I ever saw you throw up not from being sick was at a carnival, not a fair. It was at the one that used to be up in the mall parking lot.
0: I'm, no, I've never been to that one. Yeah,
1: yeah, you have. No, I have not.
0: I think you're. I think you're crossing wires. I, 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 specifically remember what you're talking about because it was the first time I ever threw up from like motion sickness and discovered that was a thing. That that was the fair. That was at the fairgrounds. Also, I'm not a hundred percent sure
1: what the difference between a carnival and a fair really is. Um... Well, so, I I know the the difference here. And also, I think you're right that it was at the fairgrounds, but it was actually the carnival. And that goes into this explanation. So, the fair is state-sponsored, and they have everything here. So, like, we actually have all the rides and everything. And I don't know if this is the same everywhere. Email us, let us know. But we actually have a state-sponsored fair. Right. And so, like, they do all the, like... Um, The horse events, the the rodeo, the pig contests and all that stuff, as well as the rides and everything. And we have those rides and everything here. They're stored in Douglas, and then they get brought here for the fair. Because they also do a, a county fair in Douglas. Okay. And so, that's the fair. It's like rodeo, livestock shows, and kind of a carnival at the same time. The carnival is specifically an exterior company who brings their gear, their equipment, their staff, set up here and uh they run it. It's just the rides and things like that. They don't do like the livestock portion of it or any of that like state stuff they don't do the uh weird creepy lady who always tries to sell you her soap quick google search does seem to
0: indicate the difference is whether it's like a traveling attraction or a stationary attraction
1: there you go see so i'm pretty close okay also it I, was a carnival that you threw up at because that's very it, possible because that was the year where they were set up at the fairgrounds which is confusing, but it wasn't a fair, because they were there instead of the 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 mall parking lot. Because that was when they started doing the carnival at the fairgrounds for, like, five years. Okay. Then they, then they went back to the mall parking lot. apparently they stopped caring about, you know, the liability of throwing things into people's cars again. Because that's what moved it. Like, one of the rides threw something into somebody's car and, like, totaled it. Gotcha. Yeah. Really sturdy rides. Anyways, uh, don't be scared, kids. It'll only
0: kill you once. But, of course, the boys are immediately excited... Uh, upon seeing this, wishing that they could go. But Lois would never let them. And of course, Stevie's parents, definitely out of the question. God, yeah. But Stevie
1: has a plan. Ugh. I'm so glad we never tried. Like, we were never this dumb. Yeah. We were, of course, we also had your parents. And so generally, (laughs) either your parents or my parents would let us get away with it. Depending on, like, it's weird because, like, my parents were super strict. But for whatever reason, like, shit your parents wouldn't let us do, we could just go do it my house.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like we had a pretty good read of what we could get away with (laughs) depending (laughs) on whose parents we were with. But Stevie's plan is... A classic. He's going to tell his parents that they're staying the night at Malcolm's house. Malcolm and Reese are going to tell Lois and Hal that they're at Stevie's house. And they'll just go to the carnival. The double alibi. It's a classic. For a reason. God. Then, of course, when Malcolm asks if they can stay the night at Stevie's, Lois immediately says yes. But Stevie's parents take some convincing. (laughs) So we see uh, his plan for them in action. See, when he first tells them he wants to stay the night at Malcolm's house, they are incredulous. You want to stay the night somewhere else? (laughs) What's wrong with your bed? And they're very concerned because they don't think the Wilkerson's have a proper air filter. And they don't think that their security system
1: is up to date. They don't even have motion detectors. (laughs) Who does? Kitty Canarvin has a way of just making me feel inferior about my home. She's not even talking about me. And she's in 2000. Yeah. But Stevie tells them
0: that it'll help him feel normal. And he turns. And as soon as he's turned, he has a shit-eating grin on his face. And he says, fish in a barrel. (laughs) so good with their plan successfully executed malcolm and reese are talking in their room about everything they're going to do and they notice that the closet door is cracked open and dewey is spied on them which he
1: probably learned from reese
0: that no that that doesn't seem like a reese move that requires a degree of subtlety okay fair maybe you learned it from malcolm maybe He didn't learn it on his own. No, this could be a Dewey original. This feels authentically Dewey.
1: No, because it feels bad. Yeah, bad things don't come from Dewey. I mean, they do, though. I think we're going to argue later. I think we might. (laughs) (laughs) But Malcolm
0: and Reese, of course, threaten Dewey (laughs) upon finding out that he heard everything.
1: uh, And he says that he wants to go to the carnival, too. I love this scene because, like... You know that he's not actually, but I love the way they filmed it with, like, Reese is holding him up against the wall by his shirt collar the whole time. I just, I don't know, something about that and the way they keep flashing back and forth between the boys. I love this scene.
0: Dewey threatens to blackmail them, which then prompts them, uh, first Reese just threatens to beat him up. Then when that doesn't work, they expand their threat. Malcolm says that they'll free any pet he ever gets. Reese says that they'll break any toy or game. Anything he ever loves, they will destroy. And Dewey says, do what you have to. Yeah, good for him. Stand up to those terrorists. Cut to all three of them standing together in the kitchen explaining that Dewey's going to be going to Stevie's house as well. Which, of course, Lois is immediately questioning. Reese says it's because they just like him so much. And Dewey
1: says, I'm just fun. This scene reminds me of my little sister a lot, except for it's just backwards. We we would just get forced. Like in, in Lois's position, my mom was just like, hmm, three of the children are gone. Take your sister with you. Why? Because I said so. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. But, but we're going to go jump off rocks into snake-infested waters. Take your sister. It's a learning experience. Fuck. <laughs> so true. Yep. <laughs> but Lois, uh,
0: accepting that they're you know willing to take Dewey uh, themselves, says that Kitty doesn't know what she signed up for. She's gonna talk to her and make sure she understands the shit show that's in store if she takes all of them. But Hal stops her and points out that with all the kids gone, they would have to find something to do. You know alone and lois sends them on their way no questions asked no phone call made
1: well you know kitty's an adult and she can make her decisions which is
0: essentially the point where the b plot sort of splits off from the a plot i agree it it will follow the parents and francis right yeah i was
1: gonna say (laughs) and a little bit wow what is wrong with my brain tonight Richie. Yeah. Yeah, technically.
0: (laughs) Secondhand. But following the boys as they go to the carnival, they arrive as everyone is leaving. Because the carnival closes in, how did they say, 15 or 20 minutes? I think they said 15 minutes. And the reason they're so late is
1: because they had to get off the express bus because Dewey had to be. God, I can't imagine living somewhere where you had to get around by bus. We just walked everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean... It's a little different now. The town's a lot bigger, but when we were kids, we could walk from, like, the furthest end of town to the mall in about two hours, two and a half hours. No, it took us longer than that, I guess. Yeah. Time just feels weird when you're a kid. I guess it ended up taking us, like, because we were gone most of the day. Holy shit. Never mind. It took, like, (laughs) five and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah, because we we walked from PV to the mall and then hung around at the mall for only a... We weren't there very... Oh, shit. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Never mind. That walk took a long. It feels like <laughs> it was so short, but never mind. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I really. That was another moment where I wish all the audience could see, could have seen your face, because I was like, Yeah, we walked in two and a half hours, and Jake just looked at me like, No, we didn't. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that I just won an argument
0: without saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> but with only time for one ride, they decide to go to the Tower of Terror's Uh, Which, that's what Malcolm calls it, but it's not the title on the ride when they Uh, get there. Okay, okay, I was going to say, that's... But when they do get there, and I didn't write down the name
1: on the actual ride, I just know it wasn't the Tower of Terrors. I don't think he says tower, I think he says cave. May. I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure that's what's written on there. Maybe I'm pretty sure. Or that, tunnel I, of it's tunnel I'm, of terrors. It could it's be tunnel. tunnel. Of terrors. I, I could have
0: misheard towers
1: tunnel. That yeah. makes more sense. It's tunnel of terrors, 100. Okay, yeah. I, I may have just misheard that. That's yeah, my short term memory is great. Unlike, uh but my long term look recalls iffy. Some days it's great. Some days not so much. But when they get there, it is closed.
0: Uh, he is actively closing it down as they get there. And Malcolm says that they still have a couple minutes before it's supposed to close. And he says, not according to my watch, and holds up his wrist, which has no watch. And when <laughs> Reese says it's a county carnival, what are our tax what are our tax dollars paying for? He says, The police, who I'm going to call if you don't leave. And he just turns around and ignores them, going back to uh, presumably shutting stuff down.
1: Yeah, you know, doing his job. Yes. How dare he. Now
0: they had a few minutes left, David.
1: Effectively, Malcolm and the boys are those monsters who walk into a sit-down restaurant that closes at 9 o'clock at 8.57. And Uh they're like, I'll have a water and a roll and maybe a salad uh-huh get the fuck out
0: no david they're much worse than that because they're not even actively paid for this right right
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's no like even tip money to compensate this guy well that's that's why i was trying to think of like all the like things the, the, that the give cheap you, stuff yeah well and things that give you for free like an olive garden and stuff but they of
0: course being them as they're complaining about this guy not letting them through, are just letting themselves onto the ride. Then we see them on the ride. They're all talking about how lame and not scary it is, including Dewey, and they're just pointing out how fake everything looks. (laughs) Uh, Then, uh, about halfway through, everything goes dark and the ride stops. And uh, now, alone, uh, trapped in this place that they can't find their way out of, they're just going in circles, They're starting to get scared, especially when Malcolm says that they they just need to keep their heads and find a way out of here and they'll hold each other's hands so they don't get lost. Then Reese says, I thought I was holding your hand and they all
1: run out screaming. Have you ever been stuck in a ride for any reason? Like Uh, in the dark?
0: Not in the dark. No, I've been like stuck on a ride that like malfunctioned while like... Like, once they're like up in the air and stuff, you would have but uh, n- never a ride like this. I have however gotten out of the cart and like this exact version of the fair ride though really for
1: the kids Yeah Oh, huh. all the time. I never I never like wanted to but uh, uh, so my family and I do you remember Silverwood at all? No okay um, it's it's like the the big Idaho theme park. it's it's basically to northern Idaho what King's Flags was to Ohio. King's Island, David. Kings Island, whatever. Fuck. I never got to go because I was sick. It's bullshit. It's pretty. It's pretty great. I fucking hate you. Anyways, it's it's kind of a big deal. It's it's a really awesome place. But uh, they have one of those like water rides, you know, where it's the big circular raft uh-huh. and you sit around it. Well, they didn't have enough people to fill our raft. Well, my whole family, one are smartasses, and two, we're not small people. So they cram us all on one side of this raft. And we're bouncing off of the walls like crazy. Because, of course we're reaching over the edge and splashing my sister with water and you know all the things you're not supposed to do because it like throws you off course and everything you know yeah yeah it, true nature of our family um also this ride is really cool though because like random passerbys can like put coins in and spray uh-huh. you with jets now they have the exact same thing in Kings Island. yeah it's so great i fucking love it anyways uh especially because i'd like antagonize people and then duck and they'd shoot my sister in the face but anyways um we got stuck in one of the tunnels <laughs> Because we were trying to splash Beardrum, and we veered off, and there's, just, there's like, this corner, and there's just enough of the rock outcropping that would, like, stick out, and we got caught on it. And, of course, we're all, you know, on the opposite side, because, like I said, it's just us, mm-hmm. and so we're all on the opposite side of the rock, and we sat there for probably, like, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes or so? And, like, we even got passed by two other rafts who were just, like, laughing at us. And finally... My dad and I had to just unbuckle ourselves and go over and, like, push us off the wall. But as I just remember as a 13-year-old kid being stuck in this, like, huge dark tunnel where you can't see anything except for the light on either side and, like, the little lights along the way. But, of course, we're not stuck in the lights. (laughs) And, uh, you know, hearing the water rushing and stuff and, like, hearing people laughing and, yeah, Uh, it was, it was not as creepy as I think being shut in this, but at 13, I was like, ah, fuck, this is where I die. But when they do finally make their way out
0: of this little horror ride, they are wandering through the completely desolate carnival. Of course, everyone has gone home. And they find a security guard, and they're debating whether they should go talk to him or not. Because if they go talk to him, they could be in trouble. And Reese suggests that they just jump the fence. When Malcolm points out, what'll we do about Stevie? He says, we'll just do it in phases. We'll climb to the top, we'll throw his chair over, and then we'll do the same thing with Stevie. (laughs) And at that point, Stevie calls out to the security guard.
1: (laughs) I mean, I don't blame him. Reese is the one pushing him, and Reese is a crazy person. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Reese is
0: both cruel and dumb enough to do this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And they, as they're approaching the security guard, Reese and Malcolm very quickly decide that they're going to go with the lost brother plan. Uh, Immediately, Malcolm starts talking. He says, you know, we lost our brother and we got stuck in here. Can you help us? Uh, When the security guard turns, he immediately takes a swig from a bottle and like drunkenly stumbles towards them and says, you think the rules don't apply to you? My boss finds you out here. It's my ass. Takes out a
1: chain with it looks like just a brick attached to it. (laughs) This security guard is a Mortal Kombat character. Right? (laughs) Drunken security guard.
0: And he immediately like smashes one of the you must be this tall like signs that's like a little kid figure and starts to chase them as they run away screaming.
1: Also I think this guy's been a security guard in literally every role he's ever had okay because he also was in one of those disney movies as a security guard at the school or something maybe i I don't remember but i recognized him immediately and i was like oh hey look it's the security guard guy okay then they immediately lose dewey
0: (laughs) which reese wants to just leave dewey behind he says he's quiet. Mom and dad will never notice if he's gone. <laughs> we can cover for him. <laughs> and Stevie says, you'd never leave a comrade behind. He's right. Then as they're like hiding, trying to sneak around, they start, you know, talking about their plan. And Reese is saying that they need to be careful because that crazy security guard could be anywhere. And of course, as they're doing this, he has walked uh, in frame behind them and is just like creepily standing there. <laughs> of course, when they all try to run away, he grabs Stevie's wheelchair and hauls Stevie away. He takes Stevie to the security quote unquote office.
1: <laughs> it's like a weird rundown trailer thing. Yeah. It doesn't even look like a full trailer.
0: No, it it looks like a improvised like office. Like trailer meant
1: to be like an office. Well, the front of it looks like wooden shack esque. Kinda yeah. yeah. That's what I was saying. The inside of it, yeah, 100%. And it just has security office written very
0: clearly in marker on the front door. (laughs) And once again, Reese also wants to leave Stevie behind. Every man for himself, Jake. He says, it it could just be Stevie's time to go. Who are they to tamper with nature? (laughs) Such a Reese answer. (laughs) But meanwhile, in the office, the guard and Stevie are exchanging jabs. The, the security guard is sort of taunting him because he's caught him and stevie's giving it right back to him
1: yeah that exchange is uh i love it yeah, it's very good <laughs> Then, finally, the guard
0: walks over and sort of, like, gets in Stevie's face sort of menacingly and jams something in the wheel of Stevie's wheelchair so that he can't escape while he goes to look for the other
1: kids. Do you know what that is? I could not figure out what it was. It's one of those, okay, so it's, uh, it's, uh, one of those steering wheel locks. Oh, okay, like, yeah, that it, makes sense. The, like, the anti-theft bars that they put on steering wheels and stuff. Yeah. Uh, a club or a jack. They're actually kind of cool. They're fun to play with. Uh, That makes sense. I don't know how that would work on a... I guess if you go sideways and get, like, both wheels and just stop it from spinning
0: yeah I, it looks like what he does he just sort of took like the crook part and like just jammed one of the those wiz- it looks like it'd be pretty easy to remove yeah but outside malcolm and reese are hiding behind a porta potty uh, once again trying to make plans to uh, to rescue stevie and run away yes and dewey pops out from behind the porta potty and scares them both he like screams at them as he jumps out and they both scream then Dewey says that his new friends might be able to help them get Stevie back. And off screen, Dewey has befriended the uh, sideshow acts, uh, which are a lot of the, like, standard, like, stereotypical sideshow people. Yeah. Yeah, you got the the bearded lady, uh, the contortionist who is, like, actively walking on his hands while contorted, and a guy with, like, uh, skin flaps that kind of look like gills. We'll we'll, we'll talk about the the, side show stuff.
1: uh, I know we will. Uh... Unless you have
0: something pressing to say. (laughs) I Don't, I just, like, I know this was made in 2000. They go and they knock on the security office door. And the security guard, whose name we find out here is Phil, (laughs) answers and he negotiates with the guy with the skin flaps, whose name we find out is Gorak. They they have like a little back and forth where they tell him to be reasonable and let this kid go. And (laughs) when he says no, they ask, is this about the birthday party? They explain that they couldn't invite him because then they'd have to invite everyone. The food vendors, the ticket salesmen, the uh, transport transport guys. guys, everyone. And I can't afford that but they invite him to their next poker game to make peace. Seems like it's going to be a great poker game. Yeah. As we'll find out later. Then the, the people from the sideshow uh make sure that they get home safe. They pass them off to their parents and ends with uh the, the boys walking home as their parents are in the car behind them.
1: Yes. I love not to jump towards the end of the but the van honks and then it cuts to the the
0: boys
1: and uh, they're pushing stevie and the other boys are walking yes and
0: they're all once again complaining about how the night went except for dewey who has a big smile on his face And when malcolm asks why he holds up a goldfish and says "Gorak gave me one of his babies <laughs> uh, and that wraps up the a plot so we'll go over to the b plot which starts with hal and lois at home alone They are in the kitchen, like, making out against the refrigerator, sort of while cooking dinner. And uh, Lois says they they have all night. She has Hal to open the
1: rolls. He, like, holds it to his chest. And rips it open. (laughs) Yes, Sensually. Yes. You know what? (laughs) But, uh, get it. All right? They're parents, but they're still human, Jake. Good for them. No,
0: I, I agree. <laughs> then seeing this Lois, we, we, we get a little more of, like, a window into how Lois's sex life. So immediately Lois starts going into, like, a role-playing scenario, saying that uh, her pop will kill her if she finds out she's getting with one of the field hands. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which prompts them to go to the kitchen table. And it's very clear they intend to just bang right there on the table.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Until the phone rings. (laughs) They let it go to the answering machine. And it's Francis who says he's at the emergency room, and the doctor says they're pretty sure they can save his leg. (laughs) Of course, hearing this, Lois answers the phone, and she asks what's wrong. And he says, what's wrong is that my own parents are screening my call. (laughs) And basically, Francis has called because it's Saturday night and he's bored. So he just wants to talk. Yes, he's called to talk (laughs) to his family. And when Lois says they're busy... He says, well, then put me on with my brothers. And they say, they're not here. And Francis asks, then what are you busy with? And then piecing together. (laughs) That they're alone. That they're busy. And you can hear over the phone, the like romantic music playing in the
1: background. Lois is also slightly out of breath.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Francis pieces it together and gets a mental image. (laughs) And comments on how disgusting it is And he walks away without even hanging the phone up Yeah, look, you called them That's on you Then, uh, the next interruption for Lois and Hal (laughs) The Canarbins show up Because Abe wants to kiss Stevie goodnight He's kissed that boy goodnight
1: every day since he was born Yeah, it helps him sleep better It helps Abe sleep better I get that part Yeah, it's a very sweet moment It is, but also, let him grow up True, like, but it's still very sweet. Yeah, like, it makes sense with my kid. My kid's, like, a year and a half old. If I'm still trying to do that shit when he's 10, you have my permission to hit me. Okay, Kay. noted. Yeah, if I'm trying to be Abe Cannarbin, just hit me with a baseball bat.
0: <laughs> but they knock on the door, and no one answers. They're starting to get concerned about why it's taking so long. And they hear a crash, which prompts Abe to, like, uh, knock more frantically and yell out, Is everyone
1: okay? Yes, and you can see the, uh, panic... In Kitty Knarman's face. Yes. And she starts to think, maybe... What did, What did she say? They're watching ninja movies and... Uh, yeah, they're, they're watching ninja movies and
0: eating artificially flavored crackers. What a wild night. Yes. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, you know how those boys are. Uh, but Hal finally answers the door, just like poking his head out of the side, clearly completely naked. <laughs> And he is confused as to why they're there. And they say that they're there to check on Stevie, which just confuses Hal further. (laughs) He says, Stevie should be at your house. And uh, they they have a little conference where they piece together exactly what's happened. (laughs) Oh no, the double alibi has failed. Always does, David. Always does. Always does. It's a classic for a reason, Jake. Then they go looking for the boys. Which, Kitty is, like, leaning out of the window, just repeatedly yelling Stevie's name.
1: Continuously. Yes. With, like, no breaths in between. And
0: Lois tells her she needs to space out her yelling. And Kitty says she doesn't have ex- as much experience with her child being in mortal danger. But as Lois and Kitty talk about how they have, everyone here is worried... Hal and Abe start talking about the
1: car. How nice it is, all the different features it has. You know, it didn't really set him back all that much. And plus, since he, uh, you know, he he made sure to spring for the, the DVD player and the, I don't remember the other feature he says, they threw in the GPS, so... And, of course, Lois and Kitty both give them dirty looks until they stop. (laughs) Then they
0: call Francis for help, which Hal is treating it like it's a radio. I mean, it's a speaker flip phone. It is. It's pretty new technology. Yeah. At that point, yeah. Yeah. But, uh they ask Francis for some guidance on where the boys might have gone to and initially Francis is skeptical to rout- to rat his brothers out but when kitty tears into him uh, and he asks who is this <laughs> she explains that there was Stevie Francis decides that he will help them uh and he sends them to a paint factory first <laughs> but he-, he gives them like a couple different options uh, he says that he mentions another place uh, then he also also mentions, uh, if Stevie can swim, they'll be at uh, the river, and they'll be about 40 miles downriver by now, (laughs) which of course makes Kitty look horrified, and then Francis ends his little speech with, uh, start there,
1: Uh, those
0: are the least extreme options, and I don't want to unnecessarily frighten you.
1: (laughs) Also, this one little moment makes me feel so much more like my childhood was like Francis's, more than the other boy's. In the aspect of like things we would do for fun. Oh yeah, all the things he mentions are things that <laughs> I have done. I think half of them are things I've done with you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
0: Especially That's why the paint factory sticks in my mind Because we used to frequently Just for fun We didn't even, like, break anything or do anything We would just sneak into, like, the industrial, like, plant that was near my house
1: Yeah, we never did figure out what they made there Yeah, no fucking clue But we were there all the time Yeah, yeah Uh, it's it's a, like, trucking company now Right Yeah I don't know what they made there Yeah, me neither But we saw their machines, damn it Yeah (laughs)
0: We sure did. Then we see how, uh, running from an impound lot, he's screaming, start the van as he approaches. And behind him, dogs are barking. We never actually see the dogs, we just hear them barking. And how uh, like with the van door still open while they like peel out away, yells tauntingly at them. Then uh we we get a another little conversation between the parents is well, and Kitty are talking about how yeah you know, stevie's changed and uh, immediately lois apologizes and you know, says it's because of her boys they're like a virus
1: <laughs> i mean
0: <laughs> kitty says oh we don't blame your boys and she like looks at abe and says well we do <laughs> <laughs> but it's not all of them stevie's been changing ever since he got to middle school yeah he had a hand in it uh you know ever since he started middle school he's been sulking and hiding in his room his name says, we never should have gave that boy a door.
1: I've had know. friends and, well, actually most recently family members, but i had
0: friends who didn't have a door. It's a, a regular punishment for one of my nieces who's constantly in
1: trouble. <laughs> my brother just takes the door off of her room. My friend, well, I say my friend, but you knew him. Jason didn't have a door for the longest time and it wasn't even a punishment. They just weren't done with the house. <laughs> oh, oh, I've had, you know this, I've had uh, yeah. many a
0: room with no walls.
1: <laughs> yeah, you had many a room that wasn't a room. <laughs> yes, uh, a
0: sheet that divided the living room in half, there and was... half
1: of it was my room. Yep, there was a period of time, I want to say for like two summers in a row maybe longer, where I never was sure when I came out to your house where your room was going to be. <laughs> uh, that's
0: also true. I, li- I literally lived in every room in that trailer except my parents' room at, at different stages. And not rooms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and th- th- that was what's like my dad was done adding rooms to the trailer, so it was big enough for all of us. Because when we moved in, it only had two bedrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's... By the time we were done, it was... A I know, four bedroom house. I was say because
1: one, two, three, four, wasn't it five? Or no, no, he didn't finish converting because you had the dining hall on the other. Yes. Because they Wh- talked about... Which
0: was a sheet room at one point. Right. That
1: That's why I thought of it as a bedroom. But they kept that as the dining room. <laughs> yes, because people yeah.
0: started moving out at that point. Yeah. We never had yeah, yeah, to yeah. actually
1: transition it into a bedroom. Yeah, but your your dad did talk about making that another bedroom at the front of the house. Yes.
0: In addition to every bedroom, I also at one point had the living room and the dining room as my bedroom. Correct. <laughs> Just yes.
1: with sheets up. Yep. So, no, I, I am not kidding you guys. There were times when I'd walk in and have to look around to see where Jake's bedroom was. Yes. It's fine, because, you know, it was my uncle's house. I'd just walk in and do stuff anyways, but...
0: <laughs> uh, but I but still, anyways.
1: I still remember how cool we thought it was when you moved to the back bedroom. It was exciting stuff. That was yeah. the first room. I know. Oh. <laughs> and then Willie started running <laughs> up the walls. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was still a room, though. It still had walls. The walls had holes in them. <laughs> a lot of... <laughs> But it had walls and it had a door. It did. It was pretty great. It's good times. Dude, people are going to think we're so trashy.
0: I mean, we have... We the, are. <laughs> look, by the time we were done, we had the nicest damn trailer in the trailer park, though, David. Oh,
1: that's true. It still is. You can see it from the interstate. Yeah. You can see a ton of the work that we did, and some other person is profiting from it. True. It's They've awful.
0: also let a lot of it go. They It's have, very annoying.
1: Yeah. Like, the yard that on the front that yeah. we spent so much time with your mom working on uh-huh. looks like shit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you want to smack those people.
0: Right? Look, we put a lot of work into this place.
1: My childhood
0: is buried here. (laughs) Back to the episode. After, like, talking about how, you know, Stevie's uh, been going through changes, Abe says, you know, he, he can't wait for a couple months for him to go back to normal, which Lois and Hal just laugh at. <laughs> and they inform him that it's only going to get worse as he transitioned into being a teenager. Yep. So that's what teenagers do. Hal's uh, little speech uh, ends with Lois asking, What's that vibrating sound? <laughs> and Hal says, Oh, it's the massage function. <laughs> and when Lois once again gives him a dirty look, he says, Okay, I'll turn it off.
1: <laughs> look, I don't understand why you can't be worried and look for your kids in style. I, I i'm with you yeah i agree if i happen to be getting a shiatsu massage while also looking for my kids as long as i'm being productive right, to be fair though i think the larger issue because this scene also
0: starts with hal pointing out uh oh a uh, uh, side window defrost or i've never seen that before <laughs> so i think it's more the issue of hal keeps getting sidetracked with how
1: nice this car is and losing focus he doesn't need to focus he's not driving he was plenty focused in the impound lot. <laughs> the dogs help. Then,
0: uh, Francis calls them, and he says he's talked to Richie, and he has a couple ideas. He says that there's a porn shop that's having a, uh, uh, parking lot sale, and that the carnival's in town. And immediately Abe does a U-turn and starts driving, and Lois says, of course, the carnival! And then Abe, like, gets a look on his face, stops, and turns around again. And from there, they head to the carnival, which is where it ties back into the ape lot. The parents are all talking to the, uh, Sideshow acts. they They've very quickly (laughs) befriended them, and Hal has been invited to the, uh, poker game in question they say it's, uh, it's a shame the boys didn't get to see their show. And uh, next time they're in town, they'll give them backstage passes. And uh, Lois says well, only if they take her up on that home-cooked meal she offered. Yes.
1: I love that Hal gets invited to the poker
0: game. Yes. Just spoilers for next season. Uh, poker games will be important to Hal. I believe
1: that. You know why? Because he's a dad. Yes. It's just a thing. I'm very excited to get to
0: those episodes.
1: Yeah? Yeah. They're, they're very good. Okay. Uh, well, that's right, because season three is where Hal actually gets friends, huh? Yes. Yeah, you you let that slip before. Yes. Yeah. And uh,
0: as we've already said, that that's where it ends with uh, them saying goodbye to the sideshow acts and marching the boys home. It's apparently, part of their punishment is they have to walk while they're all in the car behind them. <laughs> that wraps the episode up. So let's go to our awards. awards well since we've sort of alluded to it already let's go to our okay boomer awards our awards for the uh moment that sets the episode firmly within its time of
1: release i actually went with a very different one because there were some super easy ones there
0: there's a lot in this episode (laughs) yeah
1: there's super easy ones that are just staring you in the face I went with a very obscure one. Okay. What's interesting is I'm surprised you caught it and it um, you've mentioned it already. But why don't you go first with yours? Because I feel like we're going to discuss yours more.
0: Uh, yeah, I just mostly just wanted to make sure it got covered, which is why I chose the uh, Sideshow Act or, you know, more derisively referred to as the, the Freak Show. Yeah. Which isn't, well, mostly isn't a thing anymore, spe- especially like this type of mm-hmm. Sideshow Act. Uh, the like traveling carnival
1: uh, side show act. Well, and even more than that, like a lot of them have gone away from the, not to mention the name of another, but like the Freaks and Geeks style show, you know, it's not the people biting heads off chickens, it's not the people with irregularities and deformities being put on display and mocked and... Uh... As much there
0: is still so the, uh, there there hasn't been like a national traveling uh carnival sideshow since 2010. Uh-huh. In the United States, but there are still stationary ones in, like, uh, Carney Island and stuff. Seriously? And, yeah, the, the Carney Island one I know did, as of, like, 2017, still have one of their acts was a person with physical disabilities. Uh, Seriously? Yes. Like, all, all of the rest of them were, like... More what you see at, like, the modern thing. Like, like people who have, like, covered themselves with tattoos. Right. Uh, like, contortionists. Uh, yeah, I'm
1: fine with the contortionist thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's an awesome skill.
0: Yeah, the, that kind of stuff I'm absolutely fine with. But, like, this brand of... Uh, Sideshow is incredibly offensive to a lot of different people. It was often a source of mockery and derision, not just for disabled people and people with various physical ailments, people but also of people of
1: various different
0: cultures and a lot of um, times
1: the LGBTQ. That, yeah,
0: that's yeah. what I was going to say. A lot, specifically, a lot of uh, either you know transgender people or intersex people, especially, were often in these shows and mocked for it yeah super shitty thing yep uh, but in 2001 uh the the traveling version of this it was dying out but it was still around
1: i am just glad that we didn't have it were here which kind of surprises me in one sense but kind of not like why only is this weird amalgamation of conservative and, but like weirdly progressive conservative like they'll still like put on a pro-Trump hat and punch you in the face if you insult him however they'll also probably punch you if you're like hey those gay guys don't deserve to be here it's weird and granted not every person in the state is that way but like yeah overall like the state is really like we don't want that here because we don't hate people but also we hate you get out of our state yeah yeah the state's weird, man.
0: But but yeah, that that's uh pretty much all, all I had on the uh sideshow attraction
1: stuff. Fair. I went with uh, and you mentioned it, the parking lot sale. <laughs> Uh, I remember when that was a thing, like, that was that was uh, when, you know, business, at least here, I don't know what it is in other, maybe it still happens in other states, but, you know, when the, when the businesses were basically like, hey, we're also gonna have a yard sale, because we have all this back stock we can't get rid of, and you could get shit that, you know, had been returned and stuff like that, like, super cheap. It's a little creepy to think of a porno shop doing it, because... Again, normally when I'm used to for a, when a business did a parking lot sale, like it was like used items that they'd like refurbished and hadn't sold. And like,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that has some pretty yeah. gross implications I hadn't considered. Right. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> and I'd never heard of a sex shop. Or porno shop doing one, but uh, but yeah, absolutely. We used to. That was one of the things. There were uh, a couple of the grocery stores that were locally owned, as well as like some of the like vacuum repair shops and and uh, appliance repair shops would do these parking lot sales. And basically, it was machines that they had repaired. They'd tried to been they'd had them on sale for forever, and they would clearance them out basically, so you could get like a hundred dollar vacuum that was refurbished for like twenty bucks, right? And so it was where all the thrifty people shopped. It was how my family had nice things. Yeah, fair. Uh, And then later, you know, due to the economy crash, we had an even better thing. Going out of business sales. Oh, those were
0: great, (laughs) right?
1: (laughs) My family didn't take advantage of too much of those, but what we had was a lot of, like... My dad had a lot of friends who were, like, one rung higher than us on the, like, economic status so we would get a lot of things where like his friends would be like hey we just got a super deal on this new computer which was still like two years behind and so we would get like a new computer upgrade just like given to our family because one of his friends you know did the going out of business sale thing or like a parking lot sale and would upgrade and we get their hand-me-downs and stuff like that oh dude
0: that that that's like part of why like my Uh, Specifically, like, my knowledge of PlayStation 2 games is as extensive as it is, because, like, the the movie rental place when I was in high school went out of business, and I, for, like, $20, bought, like, probably close to, like, $1,000 worth of games.
1: I I believe it. What was the big thing? I got, oh, that's right. I got a ton of, and I wasn't even into them at the time, is the funny thing. I bought my nephew like $600 worth of Yu Gi Oh cards at a going out of business sale for 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I no, I I get it. Uh, little knickknacks and stuff like those. There was a period of time in, in our town. If you'd walk downtown, there was always a business going out of sale, and you could find just random shit. You know, bookends for like two bucks. Uh, just random shit you didn't know you needed. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> And who cares? Cause it's two dollars. Exactly. I think what we're saying is
0: thank you, Amazon and Walmart, for putting every local business out.
1: No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. This is for the audience. Jake just dropped his phone. That's like the ultimate flub. And I, I don't mean he like dropped it like on the desk or like onto the floor in between his legs. He somehow managed to like throw it three feet to the right. It rolled. Uh-huh. It did. That was impressive. <laughs> all i'm saying
0: i agree well what did you have for your roller skating king award your award for the best visual moment
1: i had as i wrote it down here the hal candle scene (laughs) because i love when the canarmins show up and hal like cracks the door and he's doing the like very normal like sticking his head out Clearly indicating that he's not wearing anything up behind the door. And you see just like 8 million candles lit uh, behind him. And then they reveal that the double alibi gets busted. And Hal throws open the door. And at this point it is now revealed that Hal is standing there butt naked with two little throw pillows. One clenched up against his buttocks with one hand and the other one covering his genitals with the other. And it's just this so Brian Cranston and it's so funny. And I know it's a tired trope and it's been done a million times, but I don't care. It was just hilarious. The the faces the Canarbins made, like I, I don't know, just sort of this idea that they've never had a night like that. Like, you have a kid, you know what this is. Like Yeah, but David, they're
0: classy people. Well, they don't do that kind of thing in the living room. Jake, there were candles.
1: That's classy, motherfucker. But no, I, I just, I love the way this, and then the final thing that just like nailed this as the perfect scene is uh, Lois sits up uh, from the couch where she presumably was laying, also naked, and, uh, you, see, you know, she says hi to Kitty and Abe, and then they discover, of course, the plot, and you see her face turn into what we have lovingly uh, grown attached to as the Lois Rage face. Uh, which seems somehow more terrifying by candlelight and just the fact that she's laying there, you know, naked and she's still ready to kill them. I don't know. I just, I love the ce- that scene and the way it's laid out and, and filmed. And I, I honestly can't explain why. I just love it. Okay. Uh, I have a
0: fairly similar <laughs> choice for my Roller Skating Keen Award. And I have it in my notes as the erotic roll package <laughs> opening. <laughs> That one was pretty good. They just such a good job of, like, turning this, like, very mundane thing into, like, this over-the-top <laughs> sexualized movement. Just the the look on Brian Cranston's face and, like, the, just the, like, slow <laughs> way he tears it open while staring
1: at Lois. You know what it reminded me of? And no one is going to get this but you, but it reminded me of my wife. Okay. <laughs> She has this habit of trying to, like, purposely to, like, gross or freak people out. Make, like, mundane or disgusting things sexual. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Where she tried to mess with me or, like, mess with people. It it just, it, it 100% struck me as that.
0: Yeah, this is, like, a <laughs> sincere version of the thing your wife does as a joke. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. That's... <laughs>
0: Uh, moving on to our next award, what did you have as your hot dog with mustard on it? Award your award for the best line.
1: I had so many to choose from. After deleting some, I still had like five in my notes. I think the one that that took the cake and that I finally gave it to is uh, comes from Stevie. He's talking to Phil. He says, "You caught a kid in a wheelchair. Kudos." <laughs> Yep, that was also my
0: first choice. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it really. Is. <laughs> I had a lot of Stevie lines in the potential uh, file.
1: Same, all but one were from Stevie. <laughs>
0: But the, the one I'm going with actually isn't from Stevie. Since you took my first one, my, my backup that I went with comes from Reese. And it's when he's convinced that they're going to die in the oh, carnival. Yeah. And he tells Malcolm, I've always tried to be a good brother. If I ever hate you or broke your stuff, it's because you deserved it. And it was fun.
1: That sounds like such a thing you'd say to me.
0: <laughs> uh. Uh, and I love that even Reese is like, we're going to die, you know, uh... I'm gonna, you know, make things right. He's still just a complete asshole. Yeah, <laughs> so good. It's
1: it's very on brand, Reese.
0: It is. <laughs> Which plot line did you have as the A plot of your heart? The boys. Yes, I I also had the A plot. Yeah, Stevie is phenomenal. Yeah. 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 Stevie's great. I also really like seeing. I like seeing Reese afraid. Right.
1: Is a nice new look at his character. I also have to say, like, I I love Dewey. We already know that, but I I love Dewey. And the fact, too, that, like, that's the one part about the way they did the sideshow thing that I enjoy is you have Dewey, who's just the picture of innocence and he doesn't care about any like they're just people they're just friends yeah i don't i don't
0: think the way this show handled the Sideshow acts was in any way offensive i, I like i think the Sideshow act like as a thing that exists in the world obviously is but i i, I don't i didn't find it in this particular episode i i didn't see any issue I, with I it i don't
1: like the introduction scene the way they introduce them yeah it's very sort of hyper accentuating their differences and air quote freakiness and now afterwards the the scene in where they're talking to phil is phenomenal because now it's just like normal neighbors yeah i like that yeah i i can see the introduction you
0: know sort of rubbing you wrong just the way that they're presented but everything after that they're treated just as People. normal people right
1: lois doesn't have a problem with him neither does hal everybody's talking to him normal yeah Hal's gonna go to their poker game phil is like a regular dude they're you know talking about birthdays like i like that
0: right That's and awesome. The, the, the issue with like the sideshow stuff is that it you know it presents these people as being <laughs> inherently different and something to be you know gawked at and mocked and i feel like the the the, the whole arc of, of this you know, portion of the episode is normalizing these people, which is
1: how it should be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, again, I love Dewey in this, and like such a good moment where he's like, "Maybe my friends can help." Yeah, it's not you know, not not anything friends. Like Dewey, Dewey is is seeing all these people who are quote unquote supposed to be you know grotesque and scary and monstrous, and he's just like, "Hi, how are you? What are you doing?" And, right. You know, like I I love that. Yeah good boy dewey and who did
0: you have as your favorite character uh,
1: stevie
0: <laughs> uh correct yeah <laughs> stevie is so good yeah uh, i i love his back and forth with
1: the security guard with phil especially now knowing that the asshole like constantly trying to call him an asshole it comes from this and he's talking to reese this is so good
0: uh, i i like that you know he, he didn't want to leave Dewey behind. Uh, yeah. I also like that we, you know, get to see Rebellious Stevie really for the first time, taking the initiative That's right. to get into trouble rather than it coming directly from Malcolm. It's, it's a great Stevie episode all around. I agree. And... Who are you giving your Cloris Leachman Award to you? your award for the best acting? Craig Lamar. Yes, that,
1: that, that is also who I have. <laughs> Despite, you know, again, learning that all those flubs <laughs> that we've seen before were from this episode, which I didn't know until I, you know, I'd already given him the award. But I just, again, he's a child actor and he did phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. And regardless, the character is so good. And I love seeing, like you already mentioned, the rebellious side but even more than that, I like seeing... I love the episodes where Stevie has an attitude. Yeah. Where he's not just the nerdy best friend. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Stevie as the nerdy best friend, and I don't want to see that go away. Yeah, fair enough. I love it. I I don't know why. Maybe it's because all my friends are like you. So I just... When I see that, I'm like, now there's a friend.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fair yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I I agree I I like the episodes That highlight That like Part of the reason Malcolm and Stevie Are such good friends Is because they're both Kind of assholes Yeah (laughs) Stevie's just more Subtle about it Right Also people can't Fuck with him Specifically the reason I gave him this award Is that Like a couple scenes Where he is (laughs) in With the security guard Because he does A really good job Of like You know Obviously he's You know Tearing back into this guy But you can also Still tell like From his body language That he is still kind of afraid of him as well. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice bit of acting, especially from such a young actor. I, I would agree. It was very good. And that just leaves our shittiest and least shitty kid awards. Uh-huh. Who did you have as shittiest kid? So I've struggled with this one. Okay.
1: Because I don't want to typecast anyone and automatically give it to somebody. Fair. However... Reese is pretty shitty. He says some pretty shitty things. Uh Uh-huh. He tries to leave Dewey behind. Uh Uh-huh. But Francis rats out his brothers. Now, granted, it's to save Stevie, but snitches do get stitches, or so I've been told. So I, I had to wrestle with this one, you know? But overall, because Reese was willing to leave Dewey, the perfect angel, Reese is the shittiest kid of the episode.
0: Yeah, Reese is absolutely the shittiest kid of the episode. He also wants to leave Stevie behind. True.
1: But I, I'm not surprised at that. It's not right. That's the wrong answer. But it doesn't surprise me at all. And
0: his plan to escape initially is to throw, is to throw Stevie. Stevie over a
1: 12-foot yeah. fence. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it was to drag his chair up to the top, throw it over, and then do the same with him. Yes. So he's only going to throw him from the top. Yes. So it's not 24 feet he's trying to throw him. It's just 12. No, that's true. Only 12 feet. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's <laughs> not. I know. <laughs> Poor
0: Stevie. And additionally, uh-huh. I actually thought you were going to consider Malcolm as your other choice. So but, I thought about it. But uh-huh. I kept track. And Reese complains more times than Malcolm in this episode as well. So
1: Jake, <laughs> I also had what I literally put in my notes as a bitch counter. And yes, I'm aware, which is why Malcolm was not in contention, because for once, I think maybe literally the first time ever, his bitch counter was lower than two other people in the episode. And who did you have as least shitty kid?
0: Stevie. We've established it has to be one of the Wilkerson boys. I tried to give the, I tried to give a least shitty kid award to Stevie and you said no way back That's in cause season you, one. That's because you
1: shot me down first.
0: Uh, well, uh kind of. Yeah, you did. Kind of. You I, shot. You, no, no, no. You shot me down first when I tried to give it to Hal. Fair. <laughs> then I shot you down. When I tried to give it to another kid. Uh, yeah, I think you might have actually been the one who tried to give it to Stevie. I and I said be. no because you wouldn't let me use Hal in a previous episode. Correct. But either way, because it's the This precedent is established. The award
1: specifically says kid. Hal's not a kid, though he is a kid at heart. Yeah, and that, I love him. Yeah, that, but that was my argument. You said no. Well, yeah, because it's a bad argument. It doesn't. This is least shitty kid, and it's Stevie. Clearly, no. Nope. And he's First part of the of all,
0: gang. Not an option. No, Second of all, even option. if he was, uh-huh. I still want to give it to Stevie. Well, you're fucking wrong. The whole them but, sneaking out, uh, going to the carnival,
1: all Stevie's ideas. Fine, you're right. Dewey is the least shitty kid. That's
0: acceptable. Also wrong.
1: No, no, Least it no, he no, no,
0: no. It's Francis. <laughs> no snitches get stitches. Normally, I would agree. But the thing that changes his mind being that, that they have Stevie with him, okay. I think makes it acceptable.
1: Why? Because he pities Stevie?
0: No. No, because he knows his brothers are idiots and might try to, I don't know, throw Stevie off of a 12 foot
1: fence. Only one of them thought that was a good idea. There's more than one of them. Yeah. Stevie would have been fine. Mm. Francis is. Just overreacting. Last time he
0: went out with Malcolm, his Uh wheelchair got stolen. That's true. He almost got injured.
1: Well, that's without, without, you know, Reese and Dewey also looking out. Yeah, that doesn't help. (laughs) Ah, Dewey did fine. Dewey did great. Plus, he made good friends. He showed that he's non-judgmental. Fair. Yeah. Dewey's a perfect angel. But he also lost his goldfish in a toaster. And And he was probably, hang on, he was probably trying to warm it up. Mm,
0: still shitty what unintentional shitty still counts for something it counts for less it's less shitty it still counts for something and Uh and
1: Uh he blackmails his brothers oh come on that's not even that bad Uh that's that is a love language in that fucking family
0: fair but (laughs) it is still slightly shitty Mm. and francis on the other hand Uh because i don't consider given his motivation His Uh snitching to be a bad thing. Uh Francis does nothing wrong in this episode. Well, he also... mm. And he actively helps them. Mm. He he, he even calls Richie to get more information when his advice Mm. isn't helping them. He proactively Mm. tries to help them.
1: Francis, least shitty kid. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, I guess. But he also lied to his mom about being in the emergency room. And then he might lose his leg, which is a pretty shitty thing to do. Okay. No, I'll give you that.
0: I hadn't considered that.
1: Yeah.
0: It, but but see, to me, that's on like the minor level of
1: like Dewey blackmailing his brothers. I guess. That's a pretty big one for me. And I guess, it, it, again, it's because I'm a parent. I've only ever had to, like... Like, my son has only, to this point, ever been hurt to the stage of, like, maybe needing stitches. Fortunately, he didn't. But, like, that moment, like, you you get a very real surge of, I could kill anything that's in my way to get whatever. Like, we're, we're fixing this. That level of panic is very, very high to the level of which I've never experienced. I've been shot at, and it is nothing compared to that, like level of oh shit my kid is in danger so to me that's like a super high like level of shittiness see it if he'd played it up more
0: i would agree but like it's it's much more of a like from lois's expression it seems much more like i'll answer this now just in case this is a real scenario but it doesn't seem like she's in a panic i'm pretty sure she knows francis is
1: fucking with her and and maybe and and i'll give you that so I'll, I'll concede that he's maybe not the shittiest kid well i know he's not the shittiest kid but i just uh, mm, i just mm, least shitty kid i i don't think so i think that can only go to dewey and stevie they're the least shitty kids absolutely It's okay to be wrong, Jake. Just move on. (laughs) Well, that wraps up our awards. That just
0: leaves one last segment. Oh, fuck. David's Guessing Game. Hey, I
1: feel like I did good on this episode. You did
0: okay, yeah. For this episode, you thought that the whole family would go to the carnival. I did. Would be like the general thing, which is not quite the case. Technically, they
1: were all there at one point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it wasn't a family (laughs) trip to the carnival. Right. You also thought that if Hal went, because you weren't sure if both parents would go, that he would have a funnel cake thing. I did. You know, he, he didn't really go, so I won't count that against you. But I, you definitely don't get any points for it. No, that's
1: fair. Because I do still feel like, even having seen the episode, if Hal had been there when it was open, there'd have been a funnel cake thing. That, that's a fair <laughs> assumption. You thought that Malcolm would bitch about everything sucking. Yeah, I was super surprised. That's why there was a bitch counter. <laughs> Uh, and he actually did fairly minimal bitching. Yeah, for Malcolm, I think that might have been the least amount of bitchiness. Yeah, yeah. especially for such a
0: you know high stress situation. Yeah, I know it's really weird. Yeah, and uh, the the one portion that you did predict was that you thought that Dewey would make friends with the sideshow act. Uh, you also thought he would want to join, which isn't the case. But he did befriend them, uh, which was a big part of your prediction there. So I'm going to give you and 80 percent
1: yeah i honestly didn't think they were gonna handle the sideshow like freak show thing as well so i figured they would be like doing their stuff or like in a side thing like practicing acts and stuff and dewey would wander around them and then try to Like, I don't know, for example, you'd get a scene of Dewey being like, well, I can wiggle my ears. Is that enough? And you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, while I dislike the introduction of them, uh, other than that, I think, like we said, this episode handled it well, and I did not expect that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And for the next episode, what do
1: you think happens in Evacuation? Well, see, now that's not fair are they in California or are they in Oklahoma? Because those are very different evacuations. (laughs) Because, like, if you say California and you prescribe to that, then it's probably like a wildfire and they have to evacuate. I mean, it could also be they finally have pest control in their house.
0: I've actually already seen them have pest control at their house.
1: Oh, we have. Yeah, you're right. Back in season one. Yep, I forgot about that yeah because the gas mask yeah scene yeah where they live out in the trailer and then they go in and yeah <laughs> which by the way is that is how walter white gets his idea when they get back <sighs> up and running that's why they use the pesticide company to hide the meth cook see there's a reason i rewatch breaking bad jake this ties it all the, this helps prove that hal is walter white okay anyways oh, it's so hard to guess what type of evacuation it's going to be. I'm going to say there's wildfires or an earthquake that forces them to... L- oh, wait, 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 where are we? When does this When does this episode air?
0: Uh, May of 2001, I think. That's when it came out right after the
1: last one. No, it's too early for that. Because if it was end of 2001, then it would be like right on time for now all the evacuation drills and stuff like that that start being a big thing post 9-11 you have a lot of places amping up and gearing up because uh, for like anti-terrorism stuff so i don't think it's gonna be that shit there goes that theory (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go with wildfire or earthquake one of the two okay uh and they have to evacuate and they're definitely gonna there's gonna be some chaos and the wilkerson's are not going to do well with it hal is going to think he has a plan uh, of what needs to be done and it's gonna be at least slightly askew (laughs) and not work out the way he thinks i'm not even sure maybe they'll miss it that's a possibility like i'm not like i'm not willing to like bet on that but that would be pretty funny if, like, there's just a mass evacuation, but they miss it, and so, like, they come home or something, and all their neighbors are gone and everything, and it's just the Wilkerson's, and you get to see them run amok in their neighborhood, that would be interesting. I, I I don't think that's what it'll be, but that would be cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm at a loss for this one. Like, 2001's a weird time for evacuations, because, like, Cold War stuff has kind of died down. You don't really have the, like, random town evacuations. I don't remember enough... And, and again, I don't know if they're in Oklahoma or California. Like, California's always on fire. Uh, Fair. Those poor people. Oklahoma really, like, except for tornadoes. I was
0: going to say, it's kind of known for one natural disaster.
1: Right. Like, (laughs) so, again, depending on where they are... um, Earthquakes aren't super common in Oklahoma, but again, going back to the information we got from the viewers, they're probably in California. Maybe. Probably. Maybe. I said probably. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I got. It's it's weak sauce, but okay.
0: Where do you think they evacuate
1: to? Oh, if they actually evacuate and all that, then probably... Oh, God. Do we get another grandparent? Oh, no, probably not, because if they went home, then you'd see Grandpa, but maybe not. I hope to God no there's no way we already had a cloris leachman episode this season i don't think they're gonna have her back but i you know what i'm probably wrong i don't care i just want it to be what happens i want them to go to grandma's house okay because i want to see a cloris leachman episode
0: Fair enough. Well, that wraps this episode. Thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email where we are lifeisunfairpod at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter where we are unfair underscore podcast, which is also where we put up our weekly shittiest and least shitty
1: kid poll. And if you want to join us live, have conversations with us, joke around, and watch some video gameplay, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash lpdeathray, where we have fun, play video games, and just in general, have weird conversations with our chat. Thanks for listening, and remember, life is unfair.
0: <laughs> I figured it out. Microwave. You get okay it, David? No! <laughs> I think he gave David a stroke, Kyle.